today on The Breakdown. It's a matchup of two strategic masters of the game. It's one guy who dresses weird, plays weirder, but always seems to find tremendous success against the best players in the world. That's Mustafa Kanet. He's up against a guy, Timothy Adams, who always seems to be at the final table of these big events. And we are in another big event here. It's the 5K by an EPT main event from just a little while ago. And, well, there's a million dollars for first place on the line. Now, these guys aren't heads up or anything. There's only two tables left, though. That million is in play, and these guys are completely capable of winning it. They're going to play a hand where Mustafa is just going to, you know, he's just going to do Mustafa Canik kind of things. You know, he's going to put some cheese out. <laughs> he's going to he's going to put some crackers out too and see who comes to eat them. You know, that's the Mustafa way, and he's going to do that in this hand. And we're going to break it down right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> Yeah, Mustafa, to your point, he is a great host, you know? You go to a gathering in the afternoon at his apartment. He, do, he doesn't buy, like, the prepackaged crudité and a little bit of cheese at the store. You can tell. You can tell he actually selected the carrots, the celery, anything else that you would want to dip. He made the dip himself. You know, maybe there's even some deviled eggs with, like, a special spice blend that only the Canet family is aware of involved. There's, you know, a, an already decanted bottle of wine. Everybody has what they want. There's olives, and they're clearly not from the olive bar. He picked them from his olive orchard. I mean, it's, like, all, it's all organic. Yeah, it's really, it's something to behold. I'll tell you that much. As a frequent visitor to Mustafa Canet's apartment, whether he knows it or not, uh, <laughs> the, the cheese spread, phenomenal. Always at least one stinky, stinky blue, but also some lighter stuff for the people who aren't really that interested, you know? Yeah, I, like me. I want the Gouda. I want a Gouda down hard. I mean, I've seen you eat blue cheese, and you devoured it. You loved it. Don't pretend. Are you trying to pretend you don't like blue cheese? Are you an- This is political. This is an anti-blue cheese <laughs> thing. I'm upset now. <laughs> yeah. You got nowhere to go with that? Nope, I got nothing at all. I'm trying to give you so much to... I usually have a place to go. I got nothing at all. I built, I'm, just, I built I'm waiting enti- this one out. I built, I built an entire foundation. <laughs> I even gave you a hammer and nails, and yet I, uh, you just stand there waiting for Jimmy Carter to do the damn work for you. <laughs> I'm sitting this one out. I feel like uh, I put in my work with that everything's organic, and I'm done. <laughs> I'm letting you roll with it. And I feel... Well, you know, I'm going to go the nice route. Yeah. It makes me realize how often you do help on the podcast <laughs> to see you fail so miserably this time. I, I don't call it a failure. Um, I was not sufficiently inspired. I think that's on you. I don't think it is. I decided to, you know, for once, let you swim, swim or sink on your own and not come in and save you. And uh, here we are. You Of all the bits we've ever done in this podcast, <laughs> that bit I just did about Mustafa Kanat being a great host with all that stuff, that was good. <laughs> that, was, that was quality material. The, the, the people will it agree. It started off really strong. <laughs> That's what I'll say. You're, really, hurt, really you're a hurtful man. See? That's what I'm saying. All right, fine. You do something, or else we have to just talk about the hand. This is like um, Jay Leno talked about how uh, being Jay Leno really sucked, basically, because anytime you went to anytime we went to a party, and of course he went to many parties. He was in L.A. and Jay Leno. Yeah. Everyone, all anyone would do is like look at him and wait for him to be funny. And the, he said basically his entire life was okay, funny guy, make me laugh. And like how just unfun that is to have to be that, that sounds, guy all the time. That sounds terrible. That actually reminds me, uh, 
You know the comedian Michael Ian Black? Of course. Yeah, he wrote a book that was just a, a series of vignettes. I didn't read all of them, but the first vignette in the book is like really funny, just conceptually. And it was pretty well written, too. It's just the internal monologue of Billy Joel driving to a party where he knows there's a piano there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. This so, is this is tough, man. I mean, this is true for everybody, though. Like, basically, if you're really famous for something, people are going to want to talk to you about that something or have you perform in some way. Like, you're Bill Buckner. I mean, if you're Bill Buckner, everyone wants to talk to you about that, whether they do or not, because they know it's a sore point, but everyone wants to He's talk to you about it. He's not super recognizable by no, face, that's though. that's true. That helps. That's true. But how about most movie stars, you know? Right. Most TV stars. But just other things, you know? Like, you're just... You're a famous... I don't know what what else is there. What uh, other famous lots of people things. are there? <laughs> Politician, I don't know. Yeah, politicians. You know, ex presidents never get to drive. You can't even drive yes, yourself. I do like, know that. It's yeah. Any any level. We've talked about this before, I'm sure. But any level of fame where no matter where you go, people will recognize you and want to talk to you is too much fame. Like it, it has to be a negative for your life. I, I agree. It's like fun for a little while, but it's way better to be a little bit famous than a little bit famous. Yeah. Now, by the way, just to clean something up, you said ex presidents don't don't get to drive. That's actually untrue. They are not allowed to drive if they accept the Secret Service detail that's given them by ah. the government. They do not, but that is their choice. Um, if they do not accept that detail, they are, uh, then they can do anything they want. Um, and very, well, I, would, I would certainly be terrified not to accept that detail. An ex-president is a great well, assassination target for anybody who wants to make a name for themselves. I mean, I don't think there's any ex-president who would turn down the detail and then not have their own security. The idea oh. is you'd have your own security and then you can set your own rules. Nixon turned it down, for example. I see. Um, and I think there are a few others in history. There's a speculation that Trump would tr- will turn it down. Okay. Well, I have no idea, obviously. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, that's... We really got into that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Why not? How about that? Why not? It's a podcast I happen about... To, I happen to know about that. It's a podcast about poker. Why not talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Declining the security... Ser- and if, if you're either. foolish enough to think this is a podcast about poker and not about life in general, man... You're in the wrong place. Everything is a metaphor for everything else. You yeah, know? a three bed is a metaphor for the the transatlantic shipping patterns. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's the, the clues are there if you're willing to do the work. Yeah. If you're not willing to do the work, what are you doing here? Who are you? Probably just some schlub eating a burrito. Yeah, you're one of those people who insists upon themselves, aren't you? And no one likes that. Insists upon themselves. Yeah, yeah you said that as if that means something. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it does. I stole it. I stole it from Family Guy. Oh, okay. It's a great line in Family Guy. Anyway, let's talk about two people who are finding the deeper meaning in the podcast. That would be Leo Chen and Casper Kwok. They are the suggestors yes. of this hand. Good job, Leo and Casper. These guys both have made a lot of suggestions and gotten a lot of them on the breakdown. So yeah. quality stuff. I would say that um, they're not Mount Rushmore folks. No, they're no. probably not Hall of Famers. But there's another level here. You they're know perennial all stars. Yeah, I was going to go a different direction. I'm going to say they're like made men at this point. You know, they're like, they've done enough. Yeah. They get respect. They you get can't, the protection of the exactly. family. You can't just cross, you can't just do something to a made man and like have it be okay. Like no one fucks with you. Like these guys are made men. Yeah. Yeah. Friend cool. of ours. Little friend of ours. Friends of the podcast. Yeah. Guys. I mean, Little friend of ours. Don't, yeah. mess with, don't mess with Casper Quack if you don't want to get the horns. Also known as horns. Tony Meatballs. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the hand. Okay. Oh, first before that, how they suggested it. It was on Twitter. We are the Poker Guys on Twitter, at the number two Poker Guys. They included a YouTube link and a timestamp, because that's how you do it if you are, you know, protected by the family. If you have a suggestion for the breakdown, tweet it at us, include a YouTube link like they did. Do those things. All right. 
So 18 remain in this 5K EPT online main event. Uh, first place is $1 million. That is a significant chunk of change. Current payout is not bad. It's 42K, so they've already 8X'd their buy-in. That's pretty nice. But, you know, yeah. a lot of money to go for. And these two guys in particular, Tim Adams and, and Mustafa Canada, definitely don't care about the 42K versus the real money. Correct. So that's the stage rat at 150K, 300. Timothy Adams has the fortune of having two kings under the gun. Uh, he's got king of diamonds, king of spades. And he's going to raise to 600K, which is a min open. He's got 14.8 million to start, so about 50 bigs. Yep. Mustafa Kana is plus one directly on his left. He's got 19 million. So feeling healthy, as the kids like to say. Do they? The old kids. Okay, I've never heard that. He's got 10 nine of hearts. Pretty hand. It's kind of a fold most of the time, right? Yeah. Well, I think the second best option against fold is probably to three bet, which is what Mustafa decides to do. Let's talk about this because okay. obviously this is, you know, a little spewy in a way, but it depends on how you want to construct your three bet ranges in these situations against great players. Maybe you want to add hands like this into your early position three bet ranges. It's just that in practice, in my life, I haven't found many occasions to do something like this. Have you? Uh, no, not in early position. Now, now, in fairness, what we're calling early position is not exactly the same as normal. Right? There's 18 left, but there's three tables left. There were six-handed, right? True, true. So that, that really does change it uh, significantly, right? Yes. This is, uh, this is the uh, low jack opening, and this is the high jack responding. Uh, having said that, still, that's usually a call or a fold with 10-9 of hearts, yep. right? Um, in, in most scenarios, anyway. So... Um, I don't hate the three bet by any means, especially where we're like starting to get down to it. We're two tables left. We're shorthanded. I would guess Timothy Adams probably opens a lot. Yeah. Um, even with Cannon on his left, probably just opens a lot, right? He probably thinks he's good enough to do that, and he's probably right. So I, the only thing is, as Cannon, I might want to play pots with Timothy Adams in position. I feel like Cannon's going to do really well. So I might want to keep the pot small and even consider calling where we're just barely deep. Like 50 blinds deep enough is enough to call here. Yeah, I think the problem is if okay. somebody three bets behind, but of course, less likely positionally than normal. Yeah, and there's and there, yeah, there's also just fewer people to do it. Um, there could be some squeezes, and that sucks. But then you only lose two blinds. So, what do you think about the three bet though? Like, yeah, is this just a bad hand to do it with because we don't have any blockers? I mean, that's the thing, right? It does suck to not have any blockers. It's a little harder to put us on this hand because it's a bad hand to do it with. That's yeah. the positive. We have to see the flop before it matters, right? We have to not get blown off the hand. Yes, um, that is true. Getting blown off the hand would suck. This is obviously a spot where we can get blown off the hand. Timothy Adams has kings, right? Yeah. Like, that can happen a lot here. Um, I guess it's probably not going to happen because we're doing a breakdown podcast. Or it, we're balancing our range. It's about time. We're going to have a second hand. Yeah. And Casper Kwok and Leo Chen will have also suggested that one. Yes. Perhaps. Perhaps. Anyway, I don't hate a three bet. I don't hate a call. I actually don't hate a fold. I actually feel like all three of these options are reasonable. If we were on the button, I would like a call a little bit more. Yeah. But being not on the button, by raising, we win a lot. And when we don't win, we isolate in position with a very strong range, even if this hand is not strong. So I guess a three bet is still pretty good. I think I, I guess I like a, I guess I prefer a three bet to a call, even though in practice I don't often do it in, at this stacked up. I mean, it looks crazy strong. It does. So you're not going to get four bet that often, probably. Nope. No, especially when we're as we get closer to the money, and I would assume we wouldn't. I would assume that as well. Anyway, he does three bet three bets to one point eight million with the nine of hearts. It folds back to Adams. Yeah, who has two kings again, diamonds and spades. He's going to four bet. Good. 
He's going to four bet small though. He's going to four bet to four million over one point eight. So this is an uncommon thing to see uh, at the at these stack depths. Is this because Adams wants to balance and be able to have bluffs here, not not commit himself mathematically? I don't think that's what it is. Although that's po- I mean, okay, I don't think it's about balancing, but I do think yes, he can have this way. He can still have some bluffs and fold. I think it's about the perception of fold equity, though. Like if he makes it any more than this, he's going to put in a third of his stack, and it's it's going to be harder for Mustafa ever to make a play. So that is saying the same thing, basically. It's, that I'm it's yeah. I, but you were talking about it in terms of balance and I don't know if it's actually balanced. No, that all. is, that is a function of balance. So you have to be able to have bluffs in order to have balance. Right. I don't know how many bluffs he actually has here. I don't, I just don't know. Right. That, that's Fair the, enough. I'm saying this might, the, yes. this might be in service of being able to have bluffs because you could actually fold if, right. if Mustafa puts in a five bet. Whereas if you make it 6 million, you can't fold. I'm wondering if it's in service of that or just in service of the perception of having bluffs. So then it's completely unbalanced and Timothy Adams isn't very good. It doesn't have to be completely unbalanced. It could just be somewhat unbalanced. By the way, it's going to be somewhat unbalanced, right? Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. Um, yeah, a, I don't know. But I don't a player know, like I don't know Timothy Adams, it, who's been at the top yes. of the game for so long, he's not just going to have be like, this time I'm going to have kings, but I'm never going to make it $4 million with right. ace four suited. Like, never. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean sh- that's, that's fair. I mean, the thing is, like, making it any more than this is effectively committing yourself, right? Yeah. Like, if you have ace four and you make it $5 million and you get shoved on... You're kind. Of, you're supposed to call. I don't you, say you're you, gonna call. You fold because of ICM and your skill advantage and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, but like, but really, you're you're giving yourself the right price to call. So like, you can. So I think he's trying to dodge all of that. The like committed piece. Whether he actually would be committed is secondary, right? Um, so yeah. So I mean, we're probably going about getting to the same place from two slightly different paths, right? What you give up by doing this, as Adams, yes, uh, which is lot. why people don't do this very often is you give up the majority of your fold equity. Can it, exactly. Ken is going to have some... Maybe he's going to have some complete trash that he can fold. I, I'm not sure. Maybe 10-9 suited is the worst he goes. Like Maybe he's more likely to fold ace-5 suited than 10-9 suited here. I don't know. But it feels like for for 2.2 million more, with uh, already 6.4 million in the pot, you can't fold a hand as good as 10-9 suited in position. I mean, it's a weird spot because the other side of that is we're going to have like a one-to-one stack to pot with a hand that usually doesn't flop nearly well enough to do anything with, but could get us in trouble. We have more like a 1.4 to one stack to pot, which is significantly different. 1.4. 1.3, something like that. Well, Adams has like, what, 11 million left? He will, he will have about 11 million left, and there will be 8.6 million in the pot. Okay, fair enough. 12 million in the pot, actually, but sure. 8.6 million in the pot. 8.6 million in the pot so is what you, I said. Where'd you get that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so 8.6 million in the pot. Yeah, okay. Okay, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Still, though, that's not a great... That's not a good stack to pot ratio for this hand. Can this you hand actually, does not do well Can with you that. actually find yourself folding this hand, though, for this price? I think we can consider it against um, certain competition. Like, certain competition, if they, if they basically only have aces, kings, and queens here, like, there's some players who are only going to have monsters here, right? Yeah. They four bet. I think we can absolutely fold for this stack to pot. Like, well, we're not... Like, those, the implied odds are not there. Those players actually only have aces. If they're going to make it 4 million over 1.8, players who are completely unbalanced that way, they're only going to have aces. They're going to be, like, putting, making it more with kings. They're afraid. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, but the point is, like, if, if we're up against a, a range that strong, I think we can absolutely fold because the implied odds aren't there. But against Timothy Adams, if we do know that he actually does have real bluffs here, too, in position getting this price, we probably have to call. The problem is what happens every time we flop top pair? Like, we're just going to get it in, basically. We're going to be forced to get it in. That's just going to suck. 
Like we could we could basically blow up this entire tournament because we flop a nine. Like that's crazy. I mean that could happen, but obviously that's not the majority of what we're hoping for. You're mm-hmm. hoping to flop better. We're hoping to flop a combo draw, or we can actually have some fold equity also. That type of thing. Yeah, but that's unbelievably rare. Like yeah. compared to the compared to how many chips we can still win in this pot, the odds we're getting both current and implied, it's not nearly good enough to flop a combo. draw. I mean, we're draw. getting four to one currently. That's how often good. do you think you flop a combo draw? Not not four to one, but there's other things besides combo draws that you can flop that are good. Not that much more, though. You can flop just a flush draw. You can flop just a straight draw. You can flop two pair. You can flop trips. You know? How often do you think you flop all those things combined? It's not four to one. It's not even it's close not 20 to four percent. To one. It's maybe it's ten percent. I would guess it's probably even a little less than that. But I don't have flopzilla in front of me. If so you I do flush draws and straight draws, yeah, yeah everything. If you include straight draws, if you include every gut shot, fine. But like, yeah. I don't. But I don't, that's not what we're looking to flop. A gut shot isn't great. By the way, flopping a straight draw or even a flush draw at a one to or near one point three to one stack to pot isn't great either. When we don't get to go first, you know, like Timothy Adams bets and is like commits himself. We're just we don't have fold equity. We have to fold anyway. It just feels absurd to fold for this. Like you, you put yourself in this spot. Are you actually folding nine, 10 of hearts? Um, only against the very tightest players. Yeah. I'm not saying I would fold here, but I hate it. Deeply hate it as uh, Mustafa. Obviously, obviously, he didn't want to get four bet. Right. But he did. And the price is so good that he does end up calling. I mean, it's really weird for Adams. I understand Adams is trying to preserve this notion of fold equity. But like to give himself no fold equity or nearly no, nearly zero. Like when, when Kanet is calling with this hand, which he, of course he does. Yeah. Basically we're folding up basically nothing. Maybe ace force suited and stuff like that. Although I guess that's calling too then, right? That's going to have to call too. I mean, this might be an overall strategy by Adams. We, that we're unaware of. Yeah. As noted, Timothy Adams for at least eight years, maybe 10 years has been crushing all of these super high roller things and, and other high end tournaments. Like, I mean, by crushing, what we mean is he's always at the final table, right? Yeah, like and he, he doesn't ever win. He's he did win one recently, actually. Okay, fine. But he's like, been highly profitable. We assume it seems like he's been highly profitable, and maybe part of how he does it is is he does this type of thing a lot, and like whether or not he has kings, whether or not he has a good yeah. hand, he gets to win four million where other people would win a lot less a lot of the time. Right. That is the other side of it. Yeah. I mean, of course, the balance to that is one: we can get out flopped. Yeah. Two, we can get outplayed. Right. It and might when just, you're talking about Mustafa Kanet, you can really get outplayed. Right. But it might just be that over time, it is a minor edge yes. that he gets to win these extra chips that other people don't. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, he basically is trying to force a call or a shove here with yeah. the sizing, right? Yeah. It seems like it. Anyway, it's a very interesting strategy. Yeah. And uh, Mustafa does call. The pot is 8.6 million. The flop is not what Timothy Adams wanted to see at all. It's the ace of diamonds, seven of spades, six of spades. Yeah, that sucks. So it's obviously not exactly what Mustafa was looking for either, but he does flop a gut shot. Wee! Not, not super awesome. Yeah. But the ace, you know, the old ace magnets. I swear to God, an ace comes 75% of the time that I have kings. I swear to God. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. As Adams, do you want to continue betting? This is just like so, <sighs> so poopy. Such a poop. I mean... We have a range advantage for sure, right? We have to. Like, we have ace-king. We have ace-king. Mustafa, has, we have more ace-king. I think we have a slight top-end range advantage. I don't know if we have an overall range advantage as far as having connected with this board. Because sevens and sixes. And per- perhaps ace-jack and ace-queen suited. Hands like that. Right. Yeah, we probably... Maybe we can have ace queen as Timothy Adams sometimes in four bet. And maybe Mustafa. And Mustafa might also have hands like ace four, ace five suited and feel obligated yes. to call. And we we can maybe have ace wheel suited also, though. 
Maybe, but we don't, as Grant and Jonathan, we don't know that. But we, th- we can see that Mustafa might, based on his actions with this hand. Sure, but if we think Timothy Adams has any bluffs, which you were making yeah. a strong case for, those are the prime bluffing hands, right? Okay. And so I just want to rail against your, your thing that Adams has a range advantage here. I don't believe that. Um, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you're right, then. Let's, let's go a little further with okay. it. Um, we can, let's agree on a few things. Let's see if we can agree on a few things. Number one, Adams has more top set and more ace-king, right? We both agree on that, right? Yes. Okay, good. Um, significantly more of both, right? I, th- I assume Mustafa is playing ace-king almost always as a jam pre-flop. Yep. Okay, good. Maybe not aces, but, but almost yep. always ace-king. Okay, good. Um, I agree the other sets have got to be more canned than Adams. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to really imagine Adams four-betting that tiny with sevens or sixes. Yeah. So, and, and can it, if he three-bet pre-flop, he's going to be forced to call, I guess. Yeah. Because he's going to be in position. He's yeah. just like, fuck it. Like, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so I'll give you that. So that, that means, so far anyway, uh, Adams has a slight range advantage. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, they both have, I would guess, a similar amount of aces against each other. I would disagree with that. Okay, that's this is this is the. I think Canada has ace throat. queen and ace jack and ace ten suited more than Adams does. I could see Adams mm-hmm. having ace wheel suited at a similar pace as Canada. Although I would yeah. argue that I expect Canada to have a little bit more of that. Yeah. So I, I would say that that favors Canada pretty yeah. heavily in the end. The the non ace king aces. I guess that's probably true. Like I agree with you, ace ten, ace jack. Yeah. Anyway, probably more ace queen. Anyway, I don't know about. A lot more, it's hard to say, but definitely more ace-queen. It just feels like such a natural call as Adam's pre-flop with ace-queen. If you feel like you're getting three-bet a lot by Mustafa, and maybe we are. We might I guess be, we don't. We, we don't might know. be really willing to four-bet, even four-bet even go with it potentially against Mustafa. Most people aren't willing to put 50 blinds in with ace-queen in most scenarios, but sure, maybe this is one of those. Mustafa is Mustafa. Yeah. And, and we are six-handed. And, and we definitely see Timothy Adams sometimes willing to put a lot of chips in. <laughs> yeah, but that's a <laughs> that's lot a of different spots. That's a lot of ifs. Different spots. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. I'm willing to grant you. Oh, yeah. I grant you. That's funny. That's a sweet name. That's good. That um, Adams has less aces overall. Seems like he has to have less aces than Mustafa. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else do we have? That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. As far as made hands, that's it. Yeah. There's spade stuff, but they both can have... Actually, probably Mustafa has more spades, too. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Okay. So I guess overall... So it's, it's, our, it's the classic. Adams has a top-end range advantage a little bit more, both in terms of the sets and the best aces. But, mm. but if you put all the equity together, probably Mustafa's got... I don't know if I agree with the first part of that. If we think that Mustafa's going to flat aces a lot pre-flop... I mean, I don't think he's going to do it a lot. He's, he's going to do it some. some. We just don't think he has that much ace-king, but he, we do think he has all the sets of sixes and sevens that are yeah. available bet- between the two players, even if there yes. aren't many. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I can agree with the top-end range advantage for Adams even. I mean, I, th- I, I, think, I think he does, but I think that's not super important. Yeah. How about that? Um, I think what's important is that probably if we did equity based on ranges, you're probably right that Mustafa has him. Not by a lot, but yeah. has him. It's close. Okay. So back to the real question with yeah. all this. We should is, Adams check her back. Right. Because I started by saying, well, he has a range advantage, and that's where we got into this, right? Okay. So if he doesn't really have a range advantage anyway, and we have a hand that really doesn't want to bet, we have the king of spades in our hand even, which makes it another reason not to bet this, I would argue. Because um, we're not turning our hand to a bluff yet or anything like no. that. Like, we often have the best hand. I want to check. I want to keep the pot small. I want to hope it goes check, check. I want to, you know... 
if Musava wants to bet tiny, I can call. This way I keep his range undefined, which I think is probably better than if I bet and get called and then it just sucks. The other side of it, of course, is if you bet, it's easier. Yeah, that's the reason the bet is to make life easier on yourself. Like, yes. If you check, are you just check folding? Depending on the sizing. I mean, check calling feels like a nightmare. Why? Because you know more is coming. It's Mustafa Canet. You're just going to check call your life away on this board with Kings? It's not always coming. And we don't always have to... um, We can also check call with other hands that are easier to call with, so that way we can protect ourselves, right? We can can check call ace-king sometimes. Um, But we also don't have to fold Kings if we don't want to. No, we don't have to, but I... I don't want to do anything with Kings. Yes. If I get, if I check and he bets, I don't want to fold. and I don't want to call. Right. They both suck. Both I imagine awful. we can't really fold for one bet after four betting against Mustafa. And we forced him. The thing is, because we forced him to call the four bet. If he, if we, if we, if we were deeper and we had four bet bigger and he called, it feels like a different spot that, that if we check and he bets, then I'm like, would he even turn Jackson to a bluff here? I don't know that he would. He might just check Jack's back because he thinks he maybe has enough showdown value sometimes, right? He doesn't want to get in trouble. But, since we forced him to call, we actually kept kind of almost his entire range, if not his entire three betting range in this hand, right? That changes it. Like now king, queen can be in there. We block king, queen, but you see what I'm saying? Queen, yeah. jack can be in there. Queen, jack suited, but yeah. still. Um, lots of other things can be in there that otherwise wouldn't be in there in a normal four bet spot. All of that said, this pot is already huge and important for us. If yeah. we can win with a small bet against a lot of the range, that's a pretty nice thing to be able to do. It is, but it sort of sucks to be betting and like in a spot where we're Mostly game theory disastering our way home. It's just a really dumb spot. It's, yeah. it, it happens it, all the time. It does. It does. All the time. Anyway, Adams lands on a small bet. A very small bet. I mean, he, the answer has got to be sometimes you bet, sometimes you check, right? Sure. That's always the answer. He bets 1.6 into 8.6. It's tiny. Yes. Is it too tiny? No, he would bet small with, an, with ace-king or aces also. Well, here's the deal. Mustafa's going to go ahead and call this puppy. Yeah. So he does have a gut shot. My guess is this is a multi a multifaceted plan from Kenneth. Plan A is to hit a non-spade eight. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Plan B is for a spade to come and for him to rep spades. Kenneth mm-hmm. has more spades than, for sure. than Timothy. For sure. Plan C is if Timothy slows down, Kenneth can rep some of those aces that he doesn't think Timothy has. Yeah, I mean, if you're Kenneth, like a spade comes... What are you losing to? Not what are you losing to? Sorry. How often is, is Timothy Adams comfortable? Like, he's got the ace king of spades. Right. Maybe the ace queen of spades. Maybe ace ace with a spade where he's like never folding. Maybe. Right? Maybe he's, maybe he has, um, ace four of spades sometimes. Maybe things like that, but not much. Like, you, like, you have so many more spades. He's going to have to, he's going to be in such a bad spot that that has to be part of the plan. We cannot yeah. just, we can't just call just to hit an eight and even to bluff, like, and to bluff certain boards. I think like we have to be like any draw, if our draw comes in or the other obvious draw comes in, we have to bluff it. Yep. Cool. So he calls. Yep. And uh, you might want to call Nitrogen on the telephone to tell them how thankful for you are for, for, for them, what? For them being so cool because they, they put this magical little unicorn link in the description of this podcast. They did. It gives you all of the powers of Captain Planet. Earth, which oh. is Sports betting, <laughs> wind, which is casino games, fire, which is poker, and heart, which is the poker guy's monthly tournament. Yeah, Captain Planet had heart as one of the elements. Don't worry about it. Kids were miseducated in the what? early 90s. There are four elements. You named three of them, and the fourth one you said was heart. Actually, there's five in Captain Planet. There's heart, earth, wind, fire, and air, and heart. So What's they don't have air? air. They don't have air and nitrogen. <laughs> 
No air. That's the bullshit one. You don't huh. want that anyway. Okay. Yeah. Feels like they dropped the ball a little bit. I don't know. Heart. Heart. So tell them about heart, Jonathan. I'll tell them all about heart. Okay. There's a lot of heart in our monthly tournament. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's doing well so far. A lot of heart. And that's because there's a lot of extra buy-ins. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. many extra buy-ins. You're going to be like, your heart is going to burst with love and happiness. Yeah. Because they're going to shovel minimum 700 buy-ins into our thousand buy-in guaranteed event where we cap the player pool at 300 players, usually get more like 200. It's insane. It's super cheap to play to these days. It's like less than $2. Um, it's crazy how awesome this is. You won't believe it. <laughs> You're going to tell people and they're just going to, they're going to shrug it off because they're going to think it can't be so. You know, you're going to be that guy. You're going to have a big sandwich board talking about the end is nigh because no one's taking all the free money that nitrogen's giving out every single month when you use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up for nitrogen. But you don't need to do that. You can just play the poker and win the monies and get all this extra money too. It's unbelievable. Heart, man. Yep, heart. Heart. Speaking of heart. Yeah. This is Mustafa Kanat. He's got some real heart. He's got two hearts. That's not good. The 10 the, and the 9. The, doc, the doctors are worried about him. <laughs> you don't want that. Uh, Maybe he's the next evolution, man. He could be. He's got that mustache. All right. There is $11.8 million in, in the pot now after Adam's tiny flop bet on the A672 spade board. Canna has called with 10-9 of hearts. Adam's has a very sad pocket kings. So sad. The turn is the 7 of hearts. It pairs the 7. Almost never, if ever, hits Adams, and very, very rarely hits Canet. Yeah, the seven is it feels pretty irrelevant. Maybe Canet can have seven eight suited if yeah. he can have nine ten suited, right? But sure, it's not I, not a huge thing. I would guess that's about it. It's like seven eight suited is the only way we get screwed here. It's not too big a problem. So as Adams, it feels like now we slow down, right? Like, can we bet again? I don't think we can bet again. We can try to charge spades, but is that really worth it? The spades could have just could have just raised on the flop anyway. Yeah. I mean, they may not because of the stack to pot. They may just not, they might try and play carefully when we bet so small, but we have a spade. We have the king of spades in our hand. That is such a key spade, you know? Even yeah. though we know that Mustafa can have other spades, we see this. Yeah. But still, the king of spades is a key card here. So, like, I don't think we should try and charge spades. I, I think this is a really bad spot where we probably have to check fold to any reasonable bet. Yeah, it on sucks. The turn. But we don't have to because Mustafa checks back. Yes. So let's talk about that. Okay. Is this the time to pounce or is this just next level shit right here? I'm not sure anymore. So when I first saw it, I thought, oh, yeah, the seven pairs, I like the check back, right? But when we really think about it, Timothy Adams has no sevens. Seven is not a part of his range. No. Like ever. So whatever, man. Like we... I, we could, if we had ace queen as Mustafa, we really could bet here. We really might bet here. I don't know if we would. Because I got to question that because because we're trying to get called by the hand that Timothy Adams is absolutely snap folding. He's like he's obviously snap folding kings, right? Yeah. So, so we have to get called by worse aces, which there maybe are a few, but not too many. Maybe he has the ace wheels, but we're not really sure yeah. about that. Even yeah, he might check those on the flop too. So yeah, he's going to check those sometimes yeah. on the flop. We know that. Uh, we assume that. So I don't think we bet ace queen. <sighs> The thing is, if we don't bet Ace Queen, then are we? What are we betting on this on this turn? Maybe we're not betting anything, even Spades. Well, it's too easy to put us on Spades, right? That's part of why we don't bet Ace Queen. But if it's too easy to put us on Spades, but he's going to fold Kings, then is it too easy to put us on Spades? Yes. 
<laughs> Sounds like a bet is going to work 100% of the time. Why wouldn't we bet? It's not going to work 100% of the time. It's going to work 100% of the time against the hands that we want to get called with when we have ace-queen. Right. But like, So that's not the same well, thing as having spades. Fair. But what hands is Timothy Adams checking right now that are better than ace-king? Sorry, ace-queen. What he, hands? He maybe has aces full, ace-king sometimes. But how often? Like, sure, sometimes. I agree, sometimes. But, but can, we, can, can we agree that that is a pretty darn small part of his current range? Uh, I think Aces Full is checking 100% of the time here. Okay. Let's say they are. There's only three combos of it. I'm down. I think Ace King is checking a fair amount of the time here. Like a third of the time? Maybe. Like, what do, do we expect Canada to just call off with Ace Queen? Yes. We do? Yes. He absolutely has to. The stack to pot demands it. Demands it. Okay. We don't have to bet big on the turn, and we can bet big. We can shove the river. And I think he just has to call. Okay. I really think we can get it in against Ace Queen here because because we got the four bet in. I think like like it you becomes bet four million on the turn. Ace Queen has to call right. It becomes a question of balance. I think yeah. I think ultimately Kenneth realizes that he's probably going to get a lot of folds from Pocket Kings mm-hmm. if he bets. But in order to actually have balance against players like this, he has to check his ace queen because he has to, ch- and therefore he also has to kind of check a lot of his spades or else it's just too obvious. I'm just saying, like if we think Timothy Adams is actually in practice folding a very large percentage of the time here, which I think he is, I believe he is. Um, it's kind of a good time to bet, right? We have 10 high and very little prospects. Kenneth's trying to be Mustafa Kenneth, which yes. is, he's always trying to tell the best story possible. That's, that's his thing. It is his thing, and he's done it very successfully yeah. against thinking players. And I think what Mustafa Kenneth is thinking to himself is, if I had ace-queen ace or ace-jack suited or ace-ten suited, I would absolutely check this back. How about this? How about ace-queen, maybe he bets, but the slightly worse aces he's always checking? You can say that, but I still don't agree with you. Because why? Because I don't think he's betting ace-queen because it's a disaster, game three-wise. It's not a disaster. I disagree. Um, I think bad aces can call here. Um, it's just, like you said, it's really hard for... First of all, Adams has to have four bad of bad aces yeah. to, to 2.2 million more pre-flop. I mean, that is a fucking stretch already. Yeah. And then he has to decide to bet the flop. Often he's going to check the flop. Okay, but you are contradicting yourself, right? It's not a stretch for him to do that with bad aces. If you were, you, Your whole point when we were talking about that was that he's doing it for balance, which means he has bluffs. Those are the best bluffing hands. They are. So then... because you would, you, So you would agree that he's doing that with bad aces? I would agree that... If he has bluffs, that's what he's doing it with. You you made the strong case that he's definitely balanced. You also, I said maybe he isn't. Okay, fine. But you made the case that on the flop, he would often check those hands. I did make that case, yes. So and I fuck still think, you. I still think that's true. <laughs> I do think that's true. But not always. So we can get value from those hands some That of the feels time. really thin. Okay. It's like not much value to be gotten. So it means we're never going to bet? We're just always checking this turn? Seems like we're mostly checking the turn, yeah. So what aren't we checking? What hands are we not checking? Maybe if we have ace-king, we can sometimes have ace-king here. As Mustafa? Yeah. It's so rare for us to have that. Maybe he has more. Maybe he has, like, all the ace-king suiteds. Well, easier to play post-flop. I mean, are you really going to... It's like, the hand plays so much better as a shove pre-flop. That hand in particular, you know? So much better. I'm not saying he never has it, I but think, man, it seems like a stretch. I think as Mustafa, we're also checking kings, queens, and jacks if we get here. Yes, I agree with that. I think we're checking those hands. Like we call the flop, yeah. and we're definitely checking those back. So, what hands are we betting? Though is my question. Now, what are we checking? I don't think we're betting many hands. I right? Don't... Which ones are we betting? That's what I'm trying to push you on. I'm pushing you. 
I agree. I agree. We're not betting many hands. What are we betting? Maybe ASEX when we have the spades with it. Just something for okay. additional equity. ASEX is spades. Yeah. And we're doing that to build the pot a little bit if we hit the yeah. spade. And, and just to and have for, something. And, force, like, and to have something to bet. Okay. So that means if we're having something to bet, shouldn't we have something that's also a bluff? Well, how could we? Well, I found one. Yeah, he's got one. We have one right here. And maybe, maybe a little bit of spades. Maybe we can bet it's a little bit of spades. It's possible that the seven is, is just such an innocuous, weird card that he just doesn't feel like he can do it. He just can't bet that often on this card. I mean, this, but the seven doesn't improve Timothy Adams kind of ever. That's why I feel like it shouldn't be as much of a problem for him. Like, I understand what you're saying, um, but if we were way deeper, then maybe Tim Adams can have, you know, can have weird, cool stuff where, like, that card should, that card should never scare Mustafa. I, I'm, I would at least, I'm taking that position right now. I know. I just. I still think like we're getting in the weeds here. We are. I think in practice, the original question was, should you bet Ace Queen? I think normally right. no. I think normally okay. that's a very bad decision, and you're not going to get the results that you want. Okay. But see, but the, the the reason why we said should you bet Ace Queen was should you bet ten nine? Right. And like if the answer is no to should you bet ten nine, that seems not as great, right? Because like we're we called on the flop clearly to mostly steal on the turn. I know the spade didn't come. Um, but, like, we have aces here. Tim Adams on this card may continue with a bunch of his aces. The aces that he has, which are really just ace-king mostly, right? Maybe a little bit of ace-queen um, that he's going to bet anyway. Right. right. Um, so, like, he has, like, so many folds. All right, let's... That's in practice makes sense, but let's, yeah. let's think this out because cool. Tim Adams is a good player. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't snap fold kings in this turn. That we were, we're right. basing all of this on Tim Adams is definitely snap folding That's kings. That's a really good point. You're right. Maybe because of all of the stuff that we're talking about right now, Tim Adams does not snap fold kings in the turn. He holds on. And Kenneth is aware of the type of player that he is, and he's aware of their dynamic. And he thinks, okay, what's the best way to tell Tim Adams with a medium strength hand? Cause he usually doesn't have ace King. Mm-hmm. I'm only really worried about the monster of aces. Aces full is really the most likely right. monster that he has. And there's only three combos of that. What's the best way to tell the story to make sure he folds Jack's Queens and Kings. Right. And the best way to do that is to check back because how could I expect to get value with ace queen on two streets? So I'm going to try to get value on the river with ace queen. Right. Um, okay. Not, in, not insane by any means. The, there's a real problem with that, though, right? In, in practice, right? Which is, if we were to check back here yeah. to do all the things you're saying, and then Tim Adams bets the river. Yeah, then we can't raise for... Now, we, now we've put all this money in with 10 high and basically never gave ourselves any fold equity at any point. Yep. That's, like, awful. Yeah. And it's, like, cost us a lot of chips. Like, well, it'll be a lot of chips. This is all... This is all a canon thing, man. He like like we said, like yeah. he is a he is he follows the story wherever it will take him. You know, he of all yeah. the the really elite pros, he seems to be the most concerned with telling a good story. I agree. I agree with you totally. And like I'm really thinking back to the very first hand we ever broke down with him where he had queen 9 suited and he was up against pocket queens. He was in the small blind, he three bet, he got four bet. They were similarly short. Yeah. Like it was very similar. He called the flop was ace high. He check called where he had no, he didn't even have a gutter. He had nothing going on, I think, on that flop, right? I think he just check called a tiny bet anyway out of position with queen nine, clearly with the plan to bet the river and win. Yeah. It went check, check. He needed to go to check, check on the turn. It did. 
And then he bet small on the river and won, and it was amazing. Yeah. It was like something I hadn't really ever seen before someone pull off against a high-level player, right? It was, it was awesome. So I grant you all that, that like he's more concerned with telling a good story than anything else. That's got to bite him in the butt a lot. Yeah, I mean, because like you're saying, in practice, it's probably overall more profitable to bet right now. Yeah. Just, just in a practical sense. But Mustafa wants to tell the, the finest story ever spun. And I will say this. I guess when you're playing Timothy Adams, which Mustafa probably does a lot, yeah. right? It's not like some rando guy, even a good rando player, where, where balance doesn't matter. Balance matters more, and telling good story matters more here because he's going to keep telling stories to Timothy Adams for the next five to ten years, yeah. probably, too, in his mind, right? So, like, this is just a... They're having their own iterated game of, you know, playing poker against each other in all their history, and Mustafa is very aware of that, yep. right? And, so, and he knows that this game is going to continue on for a long, long time. And so he, he's playing with that in mind as much as anything else. Right. And this is, by the way, not the biggest spot they're going to be in against oh each God. other by far. This not is a 5K close. with 18 left. They're going to be in 100Ks against each oh, other. Oh, yeah, for sure. And maybe, and maybe he's thinking, like, it's kind of awesome for me, for me to be able to check 10-9 here. Tim Adams is going to see this hand. Yeah. Like, this is streamed. Like, he's definitely going to see it. And then he's going to see, I can check 10 high on, in this spot. Like, that's powerful. So maybe there's a huge metagame piece happening Could here be. as well. That makes a lot of sense to me. Anyway, that's what happens. It goes check, check. Okay. Still 11.8 million in the pot. Ace, seven, six, seven with two spades on the board. 10, nine of hearts for Mustafa Kanet and Kings for Timothy Adams, the sad boy. Okay, I mean, you're glad that it went check-check if you're Tim Adams, though, right? Yeah, you think maybe you're against Queens or Jacks. Yeah, like Jacks feels like a very reasonable... Yeah. I feel like it's Jacks. We're just always up against Jacks right here. Always. It's like 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. Anyway, the river's a three of spades. Yeah. That's not ideal for Adams, because Kenneth could have spades. We know he could check back anything on the turn. We've seen Sure. It. We've seen it. Sure. We also thought, yeah, he was going to check back a number of his spades. Maybe not all of them, right. but an, uh, a large number of them. So no reason to bet now, right? If you're Adams, like, I guess you could try to bet small and get called by Jax, but that feels really ambitious. Uh, when we have the king of spades in our hand, I don't know, man. Like, it seems like a bad idea. Like, aren't Jax just going to be like, fuck this. Like, yeah. I'm super out. So Adams checks, and now it's time for Mustafa to rep ace queen. Yep. And or, I think he does a phenomenal job of it. Or spades, by the way. Or spades, but... I think what he's do- doing is trying to size it in a way that's like, hey, if you have kings, queens, or jacks, you might consider calling this because Adams mm-hmm. has about nine million remaining in this eleven point eight million pot, and Canet bets three point four million, and I fucking love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, this is the same kind of sizing he chose in that first hand we did all those years yeah. ago um, on the river with nothing. Yeah, and it got queens to fold. Then I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's—I uh, mean, I do, of course—but it's a really interesting way to play this where it just looks like he's just trying to squeeze a little value out of out of Adams. I got to believe he can bet this much with a flush sometimes too. Oh, sure. So that way otherwise Tim Adams could just move in with impunity here and like there's no way. Well, I think that's why Mustafa Kanan's stories are so believable. It's because he actually derives them from what he would actually do with the hand that yeah. he's representing. Yeah. Sure. Um it's pretty cool and this is now just an awful spot for Timothy Adams because the spade comes in especially even though he has the king of spades. Yeah. It still feels like a terrible spot. So I don't know if the sizing matters or not here, but I really think it's cool that yeah. the candidate is telling this story. He's trying to tell the story of not just spades, but also like, yeah, I could still have ace queen. Absolutely. Maybe ace jack yeah. at this point. Like ace jack might go for a little value here against those same hands, right? Yeah. Like, but if you moved in, you'd be like, well, you removed yeah. the aces from the range. It's just spades now. Yeah, when he moves in, yeah. he's repping spades for sure. Um, but yeah, but now it's like, okay... I believe he could also have hands like ace four of spades, you know, and stuff like that, potentially even where he checked back the turn because he had showdown value, but didn't want to get in trouble. Uh, 
you know, trying to get a little bit of value later instead. Like you're saying, we thought he'd do with ace queen. Like he could do that with ace four spades, not build a pot. Um, And he got here now and he's just trying to get a little value because it looks like Tim Adams' range is pretty weak. Well, medium strength. How should Adams respond? I mean, I don't know how you do anything but fold here. Like you're up against a flush or an ace almost always, right? The argument against that is, of course, this may literally be the best hand we show up with. Mm. Maybe we're going to get tricky against Mustafa sometimes and show up with aces full. Maybe. But that seems rare that we're just not going to bet the river when a spade comes in and Mustafa could have spades. I mean, you you argued that like he could have some aces. Yeah, some weak aces. I guess he could. Maybe. And he's going to check ace-king at least a tiny bit. A time. tiny bit, sure. But, but I will grant you, having said all of that, yeah, this is still pretty high up in our distribution. Kings Although, with the king of spades yeah, makes it really spades. high in our distribution. That's right. That blocks Mustafa's most likely flushes that don't contain an ace. Agreed. That's better than having... Uh, like ace four of diamonds or I something? I think it's better than having ace queen off. Like, probably, probably close, but we yeah. Think, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, it's close. Because Mustafa cause ace, might value bet ace-jack. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Like ace-jack can still bet. So that's the only piece, but... Still, it's like, it's pretty, yeah, this is, the king of spades makes this a pretty good hand to call with. I mean, you have to know as Adams that, I mean, if you're going to be I perfectly mean, balanced in use distribution, you have to know as Adams that you're going to check ace-king twice a fair amount of the time or check ace-x suited wheel twice a fair amount of the time and actually have that in your range. We're not entirely sure that he does. We just assume yeah. that he does. I mean, I got to think we're checking ace-king a tiny bit. Twice, though? Well, when the spade comes on the river. We might yeah. check. Although we might bet, we might bet small. We for were value kind of ourselves. assuming he was betting the turn. Like yeah. when we were doing our construction on the turn, we gave him a hundred percent of Ace King bets. Maybe that was ambitious to do, but I think he spoke. I think he mostly is betting Ace yeah. King on the turn. I do. Um, I don't know. I mean, are we really supposed to think that Mustafa's checking back spades that often on the turn? Like just as Timothy Adams. Now we have sp- we have a spade in our hand anyway, which is another reason. But like, what's he checking back if it's if it's just jacks and tens and queens? Then Mustafa. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe and maybe some aces, maybe some aces. But like spades, like play so well. Now it turns out he has a bluff here. He had a draw in fa- with less equity. Yeah, but like spades play pretty well as a bet on the turn, right? Like in practice, maybe now again, Mustafa's doing his own thing here with the cheese and the crackers and all that. I know, uh, but like, well, Mustafa protects himself against that by the sizing. He protects himself against that because if he if he wants to add in, his opponent thinks, oh, you would have bet spades on the right. turn. Well, guess what? I sized it so that I could still have ace-jack. So deal with that, right. buddy. Right. You know? Yep, that's true. Um, but if we can eliminate spades entirely, not entirely, if we can eliminate a lot of combos of spades, I don't know if we can, but if, if we can, the question is, what, what are the bluffs? Like, what is, is he turning tens into a bluff here? It's obviously 10-9 of hearts. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, why would he... T- this, is, this is the reason why I think Tim Adams has to fold is... Would he really turn jacks and queens and tens into a bluff? I think he might turn tens into a bluff. Smaller chance jacks and even smaller chance queens. Yeah, like queens can check here and yeah. be like, I win, right? Yeah. I think. I think tens might feel like they have to bluff. Maybe. Maybe they have to bluff. Maybe, yeah. Like, like nines is like the only hand that we're beating then, yeah. right? Basically. Probably. Which I'm not sure Tim is going to four bet nines too frequently pre-flop. Yeah. I also would imagine, actually, that like Queens and maybe even Jackson Mustafa is sometimes going to five bet with against Tim Adams. Sometimes, like, yeah. We're six-handed at this table. Sometimes. I mean, like, not, not a ton, but sometimes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the percentages are, but sometimes he's just, he, like, he has less of those than he has pocket tens, for example, which I think are a clearer call more of the time. But he might go with tens even, you know? Like, these guys are like on the internet now. So either in the end, Adams decides to play exploitatively incorrectly 
or decide or know something about his distribution that we don't and mm. thinks that kings actually aren't that high in it, even with the spade. Right. And he makes the fold. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Like, I mean, what hands, what be, besides ace is full? The other hand that we really have here that's clearly better distribution wise is ace king with the king of spades. Yeah. Right. Or maybe ace king with the ace of spades. That too, actually. That, that's better. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> Fine. Anytime you have the ace of spades, it's better. But uh, that's an easy call. I think yeah. if you have the ace of spades in your hand, like yeah, it's going to be so. a super easy call. Like you're going to roll your eyes and call anyway, because like, fuck it, you have to call something and that's clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, those are, so all the ace of spades are probably better than, but than you have to have gotten here game. that this way, checking twice, turn and river. Right. Which is just hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't like have ace four off with the ace of spades. God, like I hope, ever. I hope not. Yeah. Maybe we once in a while can have ace queen with the ace of spades, ace queen yeah. off. But Maybe. that's like about as that's it. It's ace queen and ace king off, and probably mostly just ace king off. Yeah, right? probably mostly. It's, so it's hard to get not here. too many combos in yeah. that, right? There's so maybe like four combos. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is just too exploitative of a fold. Maybe he believed the sizing too much. I mean, I would believe it for sure. It looks I mean, really realistic. And it sucks to sit there where you're like, I mean, I know he doesn't always have it here, but he's giving me an outrageous price. He called the four bet. He called the flop. He checked the turn. The spade came in. What in the world am yeah, I beating? I mean, that, this, is a, this is a credit to Mustafa. He yes. is the excellent storyteller that he tries Agreed. to be. He, it's like when you walk into the room and your friend's playing the newest version of NBA 2K and you're like, is that real basketball? It's right. like, it's not, but it's close enough. And that's what Mustafa's got right here. Yeah. This is one of those spots where, like, if I could go back in time as Tim Adams, I almost want to, like, check the flop. So that way, Mustafa's range is as wide open as it could be. Like, we sure. check and he bets and we call. He can sell his entire range instead of we bet and he calls. Now we've narrowed it down and we're gonna, we can make bad folds. We can get bluffed. We, ch- we can, of course, if we check call, we could decide to just hold on, even with kings. I don't know if that's a good idea. Don't get me wrong. But like, at least now Mustafa has some other weird bluffs in there that, that he kind of can't have all the bluffs anymore. He just has his bluffs that make sense now, which like 10-9 is like the worst of those, but, but exists. Like maybe the only one, I guess there's a few other straight draws that, that could exist too. That's Mustafa it. might not be the best player in the world, but he might be the, be- the best storyteller in the world. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's a really well said thing. But, you know, he doesn't, he's not the best player in the world. And Timothy Adams does much better than him in the tournament. <laughs> <Overall>. <laughs> yeah. Mustafa goes out 11th and Tim Adams goes out second actually yeah. for like the serious money. So yes, Adams ends up making $729,000 while Mustafa makes 64000 So perhaps... Take your stories and shove them down a tailpipe. Perhaps, you know, while it worked this time, maybe on the whole, this, this isn't going to work. Obviously, that's not true. They're both very successful. Yeah. This, this is a great play by Mustafa is the truth. Right? It is. It and is. I don't know what Tim Adams is supposed to do in any of these spots. Yeah, I mean, I find myself folding here all the time, of course. The only thing that I might do differently is I might four bet bigger, but I don't know that that's good anyway. Yeah, it might be a bad overall play. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.